Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 244. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what is up? What's up is COVID's what's up. <clears throat> yeah, man. You got bitten. I'm COVID positive, man. I got bitten, bitten by the bug. So it's funny. Damn. Everybody's everybody's asking me like, hey, where'd you get COVID? I'm like, if I fucking knew that, I wouldn't have gotten COVID. <laughs> It's like the first thing everybody asks, where'd you get it? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't run into somewhere that said, Hey, get COVID here and just get it. You know? So well, Florida's Florida's a party. So, you know, it's yeah. bound to happen. But I, uh, you know, I, I, I mask up and I, uh, watch where I go. It's just, uh, it just takes one passing person to have some germs on something or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. So we'll see. Or so- or someone you were uh, in your household hanging out with someone who was, you know, coughing in their mouth and could be people come in contact with everybody all day. You never know if it's on them and they bring it home. Who knows? Could have been the do dog. We, do we I'm still actually, there you go. Do we still actually know how to, how you get COVID? Like, is it, can it be like a quick walking past someone or do you have to have like a like five minute conversation with them? Yeah. Like I still I don't, don't quite understand how you get COVID. Everybody says follow the science, but there's a lot of bad science out there too. So what's the, I don't really trust anything. I don't trust anything. They're like, Oh, wear a mask and you should be okay. But then other people say the mask doesn't do shit. Then I don't know. Whatever. Create confusion. Everybody just looks at you when you get it. Like, Oh, you must've done something really that you shouldn't have done. I'm like, no, (laughs) but I sat home and did what the government told me to do. I'm a good boy. Where's my food pellet? That's right. Like, I mean, I'm people. locked in. I'm locked in my bunker working from home all day anyway. So I'm not how, going out. How about everybody like bragging on social media about their um, getting their vaccine? Oh, that's so stupid. Like what a bunch of losers. Like, yeah. come on. Really? Oh, You're I bragging got my about vaccine. that? Really? Yeah. So, and it's funny, I've seen people down here too, uh, older people that were like all masked up everywhere they went. Now they're not wearing a mask. I'm like, oh, why aren't you wearing your mask? Oh, well, I got the vaccine. That doesn't mean you're not going to get COVID. You could still get it. <laughs> like, yeah. don't be stupid, you know? But hey, yeah. people think they got the vaccine and they can do whatever they want now. I heard people on the news yesterday um, complaining that I don't want to be locked down. If I got my vaccine, I want to be able to travel. I'm like, you realize there's still spreading of stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't spread it or get it. So it's very strange. Yeah. Plus, and- plus there's all these variants now. So <sighs> who knows? The media wants to keep you afraid too. Keep yeah. you afraid, keep you freaked out. <clears throat> and but I you know what? It. I'm almost over it. I'm almost on the other side. So there you go. Just a little bit of fever, a little bit of chills, a lot of staying at home. But that was still working, still working remote. So now you got antibodies. I got antibodies. That's right. So now you're invisible and bulletproof. Boom. Damn. Bulletproof. Like an X Man now. That's right. I'm like Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of Wolverine, talk about Vermont, Green Mountain State. We had a wonderful chat with our friend Tim from Ski Rex Media that we yeah. are going to get into in the main topic. But nice. first, we're going to go through what we always go through. Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ski Bump Podcast. 
go to your favorite podcasting apps, rate and subscribe. We'd really appreciate that. If I'm going to send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Valon, Valon Eyewear, V-A-L-L-O-N dot S-T-O-R-E. Classic Styles, Maximum Performance out of Verbier, Switzerland. Reasonably priced, independent, family-owned, and with every purchase, they are cleaning up one kilogram of plastic waste. Free shipping in the U.S., free returns. Use the code SKIBUM15 at checkout for 15% off. Also, a big thank you to Teresia, teresia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. Premium cold weather solutions. They have stuff for the spring, too. It's not super cold. They got some light stuff, some mid-layers. That's right. It's stuff Best to get on. Yeah, they're creating best-in-class apparel, worn in cold temperature, designed with thoughtful features and fit, always providing optimum level of performance. They believe that good ideas and products can always be made better and strive to constantly improve, refine, and optimize all facets. Use the code TERRACEABUM, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M at checkout for 15% off. Also, if you didn't hear a couple episodes back, we interviewed Eric Hui, the CEO and founder of Teresia. It was a great conversation. He's a great guy. Check that out. Thank you, Teresia. Thank you, Valon. Mario, let's kick this off the way we always do. It's time for Opray Today. Yeah, I was looking forward to an Opray Today because uh, work's been... Uh... Working with COVID has been uh, tough this week. I guess. You've been dialing it back too, because one of the things they do say is that immune system is a big thing. Keeping all of your, oh yeah, keeping everything optimized is ideal. So you know, dialing back the booze, probably well, even before getting helpful. COVID, I like dialed it back. Like I've been only drinking on the weekends now because I'm like I got too much going on during the week. Look at you being a goddamn grown up. Being a grown up, so. Uh, Today I decided, you know what, I'm feeling better from uh, the COVID, and uh, but I really needed a little pick me up. So I had a coffee with about three milligrams of THC in it before mm. getting on the call, and I I kind of finished the coffee too quick, so that kind of is keeping me up and awake. Um, and then my wife decided to come home, and she's making a uh, she made a little cocktail, a mocktail, not really a mocktail, it's a cocktail, uh, but. We're doing a Mike's Hard Lemonade Seltzer, a mango, uh, cut in half with uh, club soda. So not bad. It's got a good flavor, the mango. Uh, only, she's on a keto diet, so this is her cheat thing. So it's only got one gram of carb in it. Cutting it in half, it's only half a gram of carbs. So it's uh, keto friendly, so to speak. I'm sure some people are going to say, you don't know what you're talking about, but it's good enough for me. I have that going and uh tastes pretty good. Nice. Yeah, but like I we were talking, you know, I don't think you've done a lot of the seltzers, but you gotta, there's so many seltzers out there. Like I wasn't big on the seltzers until I started trying it. And I'm like, you know, they're better than a beer sometimes. Cause sometimes the beer is not as light and refreshing as I need. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. For sure. Sometimes you want something that actually just light, tastes good. Yeah. Mellows you out a tiny bit. And yeah, beers can be usually a little heavier, which, you know, I, you know me, man, I love my, my big gnarly eight, nine percent double IPAs. But again, <laughs> okay, I like, a nice I like, 90 degree day on the, in the sun at the beach. Ooh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't work. work. Yeah. And you can't be having margaritas all the time because again, that'll push you 
will bury you in the sand of the beach. So you need a margarita backpack and you're good. Got the Yeti. Yeti with the uh reservoir in there. Yeah. Backpack margaritas. <laughs> All right, what do you got going? I was feeling bold today. Bold. I didn't want a beer either. I just, I just wasn't for wasn't loco feeling it. No, not for loco. <laughs> Went back to an old favorite. One that I uh you know, usually more of a weekend thing, but this is a Thursday and close enough to a weekend. <laughs> so I had to break out the old Angels Envy Ooh, bourbon again. Ah, oh, this is a good one. So for those who are not in the know, Angels Envy is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in port wine barrels. Mm. Coming in at a whopping 43.3% alcohol by volume, 86.6 proof. You know, if you're a classy gentleman or lady or whatever you are, and you like something that makes you feel classy and robust and <clears throat> like you're on top of the world. That'd be cool to bring that to the beach, no ice, and just drink that just at the beach, just the bottle. Just keep down in it. You would you would definitely die. That would be rough, right? But people would be like, holy crap, this dude is just hanging out, drinking his bourbon, drinking it's, his whiskey out there. You know what? It's weird. Imagine like you're just a fancy drunk and you just only drink like $70 bottles of like, imagine you only drank whistle pig. Like that was like the only like thing Arthur, you drank. Right. Like an Arthur kind of character. Yeah. 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 You know, I, sometimes I drink bourbon and I go, why the hell am I drinking this? This is gross. And there's other days where I'm like, this is so goddamn good. Why don't I drink it more often? Delicious. Yeah. You know, like it's just one of those things. I remember we used to, God damn. The one share house. We drank so much friggin' bourbon. That was a bourbon friendly house. There was bottles of bourbon would show up and they'd be gone the next day. It we was drank, pretty rough. We drank so much bourbon. That yeah. was a fun house. Yeah. That was a fun year. A year or two. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. My liver, I think, still regrets that a bit, but yeah. Had some wonderful times. But we lived through it. So we lived to tell the to drink another day. So that's half the battle right there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good thing we didn't go to rehab. That's uh pretty good. Rehab's for quitters. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, speaking of quitters. Let's go to skis. Yeah. And speaking of quitters, as I just said, executive leadership changes at Vail Resorts. Now, for those who are epic past people, this is relatively important. Not really. We'll get into this. But they have announced a leadership shuffle at its headquarters in Broomfield, Colorado, with some top executives moving to different positions and some leaving or stepping down. Mountain Division President Patricia Campbell is stepping down from her position to assume a new role as senior advisor to Vail Resorts Mountain Division. Hmm. So she went from a Mountain Division president to a senior advisor to the mountain division. That's the almost golden parachute right there. You're an advisor. That's awesome. Oh my God. Like you just kind of call in once in a while and be like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, pay me to advise on stuff. What should I, you guys should do that. That's a good idea. I've advised. Yeah, yeah I agree. That, that's a good idea. So now Special projects, you know, yeah, cool stuff. Hospitality, retail and real estate executive vice president, James O'Donnell will succeed Campbell as president of the Mountain Division, leading operations for Vail Resorts, 37 Mountain Resorts, 
as well as its real estate business. Wow. He has been in his current role since 2016 and with Vail Resorts since 2002. Wow, long time. So Campbell, that's the lady who is stepping down, will work on strategic projects and also mentor and develop the next generation of mountain leaders, including building broader gender and racial diversity within mountain operations, according to a company statement. Hmm. All right. Yeah, so she's been with Vale since 99. She was a ski school director at Breck. She was appointed Mountain Division president in 2015. And she started her ski career in 90, or 1985 as an instructor at Jackson Hole. Wow. Yeah. So here's something just a little interesting about this story. Yeah. I did a little, I did a little <laughs> digging, a little snooping, perhaps. <clears throat> It's public information. It is public information. So Patricia Campbell, who just stepped down, her current compensation was a shade over $2 million last year. Damn. Base pay, $522. That's a total cash comp. Stock award value, $750,000. And then another $750,000 in an option award value. And then there's some mysterious $11,000 of other compensation. So you thought 2020 was interesting. Click on 2019. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow, $2.3 million. That's right, pre-COVID. Uh, so she got the bonus plus non-equity incentive comp that year, which she did Damn. not get this previous year. So that's, I mean, obviously, she's making... $300,000 less this year. I'd be pissed too. Yeah. Like I took a pay cut. Yeah. <clears throat> you know what the insurance is on a Ferrari, man? It's not cheap. If you got to ask, you can't afford it. <laughs> now, this is the thing I just, and this is part of the reason why I, you know, these things are interesting to me and to this podcast. Cause you know, we have lots of friends who are Epic pass holders. You know, you're dropping your 800, 900 bucks whatever it is for your Epic Pass. It's a great deal. Whatever, whatever. How many of these executives are really, really necessary for a ski mountain to operate and be profitable? That's the thing I just, I just really wonder, like how much of every Epic Pass is going to this person's compensation that would or be to Rob Katz's compensation. Because right, the executive be... board, like how much of that pass goes to that, right? So if you could and, say it's like 10 bucks or something like that, you'd be like, what? Right? Yeah. And how much, like how necessary are these people? When it really comes down to a skier going and there's a lift operating and perhaps they're making snow. Like how necessary are they? This is big corporations. This is what happens with big corporations. It's yeah. just, you know, Ben and Jerry's had a formula that worked until they sold out to Unilever, right? Yeah. Was it nobody can make more than seven times anyone else's salary or something like that? And Unilever rolls in, it's like, yeah, yeah, not so much there. Hippies. Like, yeah, we don't do that anymore, hippie. <laughs> and, you know, her stock options, I'm sure she's very, very happy with how they're working out. Because right now, oh, Vail yeah. Resort Stock, MTN, <coughs> is the ticker symbol. They are clocking in about 318 bucks a share. 
Damn. And if you look at the pandemic, when the pandemic started, let's let's call it March 1st. That's when it took a nosedive. It was at about 147-ish. So it's more than doubled in the last 14 months from where it was. Well, and usually options, you're getting them at a long time ago price, right? Uh, It's just a lower price. I think they kind of like come up with a number. Yeah, okay. And then you exercise them if they're below the the price that it currently is. Otherwise, they just kind of evaporate. Like the, I've heard sometimes they take like three years ago price or something like that, or five year ago price. Oh, Uh, wow. I mean, I think, yeah, I don't know if that's a a standard or if it's, um, I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to understand it. I never had options. No one's given me options. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I just, this goes into my whole thing about the whole, big epic pass, big veil, you know, all, all of us skiers and riders who get pissed off is, you know, there's all this extra cruft that's going into and adding on to the price of our experience. And, you know, I'm sure it's super important to get people of different genders and diversity into the management of Vail resorts. But do the skiers have to pay for that? Because at the end of the day, we're all paying for that, buying a ticket at a Vail resort. That is, you know, I mean, how important is that really to skiing? I mean, if you talk about the macro level, obviously you want every customer to be included. No doubt about it. And I, uh, I'm not going to argue that ever, but to pay someone $2 million to be in charge of that. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of goddamn money. Yeah. You wonder what they do for the money, right? Like it could be warranted, but it could be a lot of fluff. I mean, I'm sure if you just had one little ski area, nobody's making $2 million except maybe hopefully the owner. That's about it. Yeah. How about taking Rob Katz's salary? cut his down and create a new position. That's never going to happen. Executives never going to agree to that. Like, we'll just tack on an extra five bucks on every pass. It'll be fine. No one's going to notice. That's right. Do a line of Coke. It's like office space. I have people skills. Yeah. What do you actually do around here? Talk to the goddamn customer. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I like, I just think it's an interesting conversation to have. Because, you know, at the end of the day, we're paying money to go ski at these places. And, you know, I I think every skier and boarder who's been, you know, doing this a lot, it's pretty hardcore, has a has a feeling about Vail Resorts. And I used to not have one. I used to be like, oh, no, they're just people and they have mountains. And now I'm starting to get a little, I don't think militant is the word. I just yeah. think... I like to ask the questions and open the conversation because I think it should be had. Almost getting too big, right? <sighs> Dude, well, they've got a whatever. million and a half bucks. You know, million and a half bucks to buy something else that we love and destroy it. But, yeah. you know, there's always somewhere else to go. Exactly. Like perhaps Ooh. in the backcountry. In the backcountry. So, speaking of backcountry, if you missed it, Colorado's. Uh, 
Women Only Naked Backcountry uh, Mountain Mission. Um, so Ski Magazine had this article uh, uh, that this spring, 21, uh, 22 women hiked up on the top of Bluebird Backcountry's West Bow, stripped down and got down. So uh, I guess as an homage to Shane McConkie's legendary naked run through a Vail mogul uh, comp in the 90s, um, they uh, decided to um, hike up and then uh, ski down nude uh, from Bluebird Backcountry West Bowl. So uh, organizers said uh, they think it was the largest documented all-female nude ski ever. Um, and they said... Uh, we're not going for the bare butt Olympics here. Uh, so they, uh, they just, they said they went and they did it and they had a really fun time. Um, yeah, that bluebird backcountry we talked about, about that earlier in the season, that was that non lift operated res- Well, if you want to call it a resort ski area that opened this past year, it's super cool. You know, like it's, it's awesome that people, created this little thing for themselves and you know i'm a guy you're a guy we're fucking creeps by default that's sort of our thing you almost have to keep this secret and not tell people till it's already been done because we're guys we know guys there would of course be creepy dudes hanging out in the trees it would be like remember the old game there'd be um drones it'd be a whole Oh, I yeah. didn't think about that. Jesus, it's true. Creepy drone guys in a van, just like... Well, we know creepy guys, and we know creepy drone guys. We do know creepy guys. And I Somebody know, did take pictures with a drone, though. They, they do have pictures, so... Yes, but I think that was probably their drone, or yes. it was a... Uh, you hope. A drone. You hope. <laughs> that could have been from uh, the Instagram or something. I just think about... <laughs> I just think about... You remember that old game on like windows at ski free and like the uh, abominable snowman would come and chase you and grab you. Yeah. Like that's what I picture like dudes in the trees doing if they knew something like this was going down. Yeah. Right. I can just picture someone, someone who possibly has a helmet that's very distinctive, who was in our, a ski house that we may have been part of a long yes. time ago. Running out see. there to go ski down <laughs> and get a glimpse. <laughs> Yes. Catch a morsel. That's right. Um, like, I can smell them through that way. Two clicks. <laughs> I, uh, it would be interesting though. Like, can you imagine you're out there, you're buck naked, you're skiing. And remember they had the story with the bear on the mountain. You see a bear. Like, I don't know. Oh what, my God. You don't even have clothes on. Like you got to get the hell out of there. If one of them has their period, forget it. Cause bears can smell that from a mile away. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> bears coming running at him <laughs> oh my god mountain oh my. lions mountain lions out there just uh craziness so Terrible. it's interesting they did it i wonder if this will be a, a yearly thing then it can't be because again there's going to be dudes who show up and ruin it <laughs> That's that's right. There'll be cameras next time. There'll be like vans parked out there. Oh, hey, yeah. ladies, you want to hang out in my van? There's going to be cameras already set up on the trees. Yeah. It's cool. So they, they mentioned that one of the women who, I don't know if she's the one who set this up. Um, yeah, she's one of the founders. She spearheaded this 
Jennifer Veracci, and she's also the founder of Boulder-based Wild Barn Coffee, whose logo happens to be a bare-assed lady skiing. Nice. So they have some pretty cool shirts. They have like the uh, ski bum t-shirt, and it's just like this like naked chick skiing. Naked chick they have skiing. a nitro nice. cold brew. You know what? If I'd known this, I would have stopped there when I was in Boulder. Mm, three weeks see? ago. I'll send my sister there, which is weird, but also, hey, there's this chick who skis naked. You should go hang out with her. Go talk to her. Go talk to her. Go talk to her. Yeah. yeah you know, next year, like you said, there'll be dudes hanging out with their junk out. Just, hey, let's go skiing. We're going to join yeah. too. You, you need an extra pole? <laughs> and then it'll be a whole thing. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, Eliminate me just because I have a penis. That's true. You know? Miss, you have not asked my gender today. Yes, I, I, I identify I, as non-genderish. I'm extremely hurtful that you assumed I was a male. Yeah. Yep. Oh, interesting. Naked. But naked. But naked. All right. Now, here's an interesting story. I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. I'm a couple of bourbons in. So obviously that's my excuse right now. But Big Sky Montana, they had an announcement last week about their season passes. And they're changing things up a bit. Now, I've not skied at Big Sky, but after talking to our good friend Dan Egan a few months ago mm-hmm. and seeing he has his events that are in December there i'm very intrigued and excited about the possibility of perhaps going to big sky in december and skiing with him i mean would he want to ski with us we're awesome yeah so if you have not been to big sky or you have perhaps you know about the lone peak tram now i'm looking at a trail map right now to sort of understand the lay of the land here what's going on so the actual top of big sky that is serviced exclusively by that lone peak tram i don't know are you checking out a trail map right now yeah i'm pulling up now so you look at it and it's hilarious because everything that's serviced from that tram is all triple black diamonds and this isn't like a freaking Rhode Island Yagu triple black diamond. This is like a legit <laughs> big sky triple black goddamn diamonds. Um, so what they've decided to do, though, is with their passes, they've decided that most big sky resort season passes will not include access to that Lone Peak tram. Hmm. Which I found very interesting, concerning, maybe a little bit. So what's going on is they said starting in winter of 21-22, our lift ticket products, Icon and Mountain Collective passes, and most big sky resort season passes will not have access to the Lone Peak tram included. Gold passes will have unlimited tram access included, and double black passes will have 10 days access preloaded onto their pass. Hmm. To ride the tram on a given day, there will be two options to purchase access, pre-purchase tram access packs, enabling auto charge on your pass or ticket to be charged on your form of payment when entering the access gate to load the line, Lone Peak tram. Wow. 
So this is still in bounds, right? Oh yeah, it's still in bounds. Uh, they are not limiting the numbers of riders per day, but we'll be limiting the number of tram access products to help mitigate the number of guests with unlimited tram access. Mm. Must be getting crowded up there. I guess, but one cool thing. So it talks about, um, obviously it depends on the weather and the snowpack, but in an average season, the tram will open mid December and continue to operate through the end of the season with a historical average of 90 operating days per year. Hmm. So that's not bad. So they're saying if you... Do I have to purchase tram access if I have a big Sky Resort lift ticket? And the answer is yes. Lift tickets do not include tram access and must be purchased separately. Wow. Lift ticket purchasers will be able to purchase tram access packs or enable auto charge on their Sky Card when buying lift tickets. Same thing with Icon and Mountain Collectives. You got to buy a separate tram access pass. So they can do the auto charge. So if you don't, you're not sure you're going to go up there, they'll charge you when you go up. Is that how it works? Yeah, <clears throat> that's kind of cool. Then depending, you can... yeah, depending on which which method you choose, the auto charge or the um, the one you buy in advance. That's actually a good idea. So they're saying now the price paid for tram access will depend on the type of product purchased. Auto charge access is expected to range between 20 and 80 bucks per day and will be priced based on factors like holidays and busy periods similar to lift tickets. Tram access packs are pre-purchased at a flat rate and can be used throughout the season. No discounts for age groups. Oh, look at that. The auto charge goes through the uh, RFID. RFID. So it hits your credit card that you add to it. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So what I'm trying to figure out is what does an Big Sky season pass cost? Oh, an unused tram access pack days will not be refunded at the end of the season, nor will unused days be rolled over to the following season. Man, that looks pretty gnarly, though. You come down, it's all triple diamonds. Oh, my God. It looks awesome. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to find out where... I want to see what a season pass would cost there. Season passes. Here we go. Season passes 2122 now available. Gold season passes. Buy now. Here we go. Gold season pass at Big Sky Resort. Get out your credit card. What's it going to cost me? $1,899 for an adult pass. Double black pass, $1,449. Well, the gold pass includes the Lone Peak tram. You get the Lone Peak unlimited, yep. That's kind of nice. What's cool about it, too, is you also get access to the 46 resorts with Icon and Mountain Collective benefits. So that's like a super pass. That's actually... That's really good. That's actually kind of good, yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's an awesome pass, man. I'm going to just buy one to have it. Yeah, right? Why not, right? YOLO. 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 You just do uh, a week or two at Big Sky and then travel everywhere else. Yeah. And they have a couple of uh, lighter passes too. Access to the mountain Sunday to Friday with blackouts over holidays, 689. That's the way to go. 
If you well, can if you're going to do a week at Big Sky, right, it would kind of make sense to get that pass because then you can use it at the other Icon Epic places, the Mountain Collective, whatever it is. Well, that's kind of what we've talked about in the past too is if you do get a pass, it really dictates where you're going to ski because right. if you buy, again, if you're going to spend almost $2,000 on a pass, you're like, I'm going to go to only Icon places because I've already invested this money into it. Of course. <clears throat> that's actually... That's actually a pretty sweet deal. I was looking, uh, they also announced today Snowbird. They sent an email about their season passes. Yeah. And I think if you get the Alta Bird pass, which is Alta and Snowbird mm. Unlimited, I think it's not, maybe it's $15.99. I was looking at it. It's, it's somewhere around there. That's not bad at all. It's, it's not. And, you know, kind of a an off-topic story. They just... We're recording this on April 15th. Freaking Snowbird and Alta just got a foot and a half of snow. Man. Which is unbelievable. It's so awesome. They got dumped on again. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I, I made the comment. Like I posted on Twitter this week. I was like, why do us East Coast skiers talk like we're so freaking tough and awesome? It's like we have, it's tulip season for us now. And they got, a foot and a half of snow. It's tulips. Like we're, we're, They're lying over there. You got tulips. Kids lies. They said they get a foot of snow and a growing tulips. Growing tulips. Growing tulips. Oh, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find that email. Um, bum, 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 bum. <clears throat> and I can't find it. But yeah, Snowbird announced their pricing too. And like I said, I think it was somewhere around fifteen ninety nine. $14.99. I did see they have a family pass. So it's uh, two adults and two children under 17, like $3,100. No, that's not bad. It's, it's not. That's for the Alta Bird one, too, I think. All right. I, I found the email. Alta Bird. So that's pass. two adults and children? Two children under 17. Yeah. Two children under 17. Okay. Alta Bird's $14.99. For an adult. Ooh. Yeah, and the uh, Alta Bird four pack, two adults, two kids, 17 and under, $31.99. That's not bad. Six and under, $129. What a deal. Man, How do, I wonder if you could pass for six. <sighs> I think I probably could. <laughs> Just, you know, put your skis on your uh, knees. Just yeah, right. They've gotten. Up. 24 inches of snow in the last 48 hours and their depth, their snowpack is still 99 inches in mid-April. It's magical. They've gotten 440 inches of snow this year. Hmm. It's just magical. Yeah, East Coast skiing is awesome. Keep telling yourself that. Mm. We're (laughs) lying to ourselves, people. Just admit it. Just admit it. Tulips. Tulips. All right. Last but not least, our last story we have. Uh, I'm going to let you take the lead on this because uh, this is going to lead right into our main uh, main topic. This is a lovely segue. I mean, how convenient we put it here then. Vermont distributed $330 million in business recovery grants. And here's how it worked for the ski industry. Hmm. So since the COVID pandemic, 
The state of Vermont has awarded $330 million in public funds to private businesses to help keep them help them survive during the shutdowns. And the ski industry for Vermont is a $1.6 billion industry. Wow. And in a normal year, more than 75% of Vermont's 4 million annual skier visits are from out-of-staters. And the Vermont Ski Area Association forecast Vermont ski areas sustained about $100 million in losses between February 2020 and February 2021. Via two funding channels set up by the state to direct federal coronavirus relief funds, the Economic Recovery Grant Program and the Vermont Ski Area Recreation Safety Grant Vermont's roughly 20 alpine ski areas have received at least $5.3 million in aid so far. What they're hmm. saying in the relief plan is that some economic recovery grants awarded seem to fall outside the program parameters. There were two significant limits on the economic recovery grants. Statute dictated they were programs should serve businesses based primarily in Vermont, and they were subject to a $300,000 cap. But the rules used by state agencies to assess these metrics allowed some businesses to get around them. Hmm. Three entities under JPEAK's receivership each received the maximum award allowed for a single business, totaling $900,000. And the program's definition of domicile allowed Stratton Corporation and Sugarbush Mountain, both owned by Altera, which owns 14 resorts across the U.S. and Canada, to each receive the maximum award of $300,000. Oh, wow. So again, it's like if you know how to work the system. There's loopholes. There are loopholes and you can get a little more out of it. Hmm. So it's interesting to see this. So they were giving grants out to all these ski areas. I guess that applied for him um, and just other businesses, right? Well, there's one interesting thing they mentioned too here is that uh, statute renders their applications and the income details they contain are confidential. Mm. Which means that private companies have virtually free reign to spend public funds with little opportunity for public oversight. So they mentioned that there's no way for the public to know how Killington spent its $300,000 in economic recovery or what Magic Mountain did with its $150,000 reward. The wow. state auditor is investigating the program and whether its metrics sufficiently evaluated financial need. Bigger corporations and wealthy private clubs seem to fare as well or better than smaller businesses. Looking at the Vermont Ski Area Recreation Safety Grants, the Hermitage Club, that place, the Zombie Hermitage Club, a member owned private ski area in southern Vermont with a $50,000 initiation fee, received the maximum award of $175,000. In contrast, Cochrane Ski Area in Richmond, which offers $19 day passes and primarily serves around 400 local families, received a grant of just $8,600. Wow. Yeah. The Hermitage Hermitage Club, huh? Yeah. I thought I'd never hear that name again. Which, you know what? Let's just make this a segue. Into our main topic because we discussed the Hermitage Club, and if you go to the, like, we thought it was shut down. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was. If you go to their website, it shows a 2020-2021 trail map. So, 
I think they may have just like become like a zombie. Oh yeah, we're open. Can we have three hundred thousand dollars, please, or one hundred seventy-five thousand dollars? Why you pay fifty thousand dollars initiation fee to ski at that place is absolutely moronic. But it's um, funny, like didn't they claim bankruptcy? So you can claim bankruptcy. It doesn't mean that they're going anywhere. They're going to claim bankruptcy and still be open, still have their money, still do whatever. Like it's just, it's incredible. I don't, I don't even know anymore. Yeah, it's, it's totally incredible and it's crazy. But you know, let's go into the main topic. And we talked to our friend Tim Meyer from Ski Rex Media. He runs skirexmedia.com, has a blog and podcast. He's located in Vermont. He was one of the uh, the lucky ones who was there all season, was able to just pop over to his resorts, nice and uncrowded and unmolested from the droves of usual New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Massachusetts folk. But uh, it was a great conversation with Tim. He had some really cool insights and stories about how his season went, what it was like to be in Vermont this season. Hmm. So very cool. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here's Tim from Ski Rex Media. We have another special guest, a returning guest. It is our pal, Tim Mayer. Is it Meyer or Mayer? I'm sorry. Meyer. 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 Like Lane Meyer. Like exactly spelled the same way in everything. Tim Meyer from Ski Rex Media. Tim, thank you so much for joining. We really do appreciate it. We, by we, I mean me. It's just me today because (laughs) Mario is trying to fight through the Rona, which he acquired because he's in Florida and there's no laws and there's no rules. And Uh, dude, I have friends who just are in Florida right now. I was like, dude, why would you go there? (laughs) Wild, wild west, baby. Hey, go for it. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. But he's, he's going to be okay. You know, you can send him a, a basket. I'll get well basket if you want, but I think he's going to be okay. But Tim, it's just you and I. Thank you for joining. We really appreciate it. No worries. So you are a resident of Vermont and I'm, I'm just super curious to hear, uh, how was your ski season this year? Not that it's officially over, but things are definitely dwindling quickly in the Northeast. It is. The Northeast is shutting down one right after the other, but it's not any quicker or any slower than any other year you know killington's still open for a couple weeks stowe's still open you know the usual you know the usual places here in vermont up in maine all this other stuff um for jp still fine (laughs) yeah jp just it just snowed there like six inches it's ridiculous that place i didn't get up there hashtag indie revolution but i didn't get a chance time there yeah i it ain't happening (laughs) dude i'm (laughs) shot i am so (laughs) shot from a personal standpoint my season was great my return to the stage it was okay wasn't up to par didn't really feel like i skied well the pa kids said i skied well i was like you're just being nice i skied like shit that was a bad day but that's a whole other story only Um, a single backflip and a double backflips this season that, that was it that was it Man, they weren't on sucker. purpose either. That's the best part. <laughs> oh, it was brutal. Um, you know, but it was still awesome. We still had the snow places were open. Yeah, it was kind of a short, you know, it snowed that one big storm we had in uh, December. December, right? Before and Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. Okemo clocked like four feet plus here in my little valley uh, here at the HQ. We got two and a half feet, just unheard of. Um, actually, that week, a week later, I was at a, a Suicide Six for their opening day. And, you know, it, it, you could everybody uphill the shit out of that storm. You know, it's opening day. You're riding the lift. And it, except for the two groom trails that they had, everything was just cut up. 
Like there were people nice. riding that thing all week. And I get it, man. And that's kind of where the season was. It was maybe less people because we had the travel restrictions, you know, we had, and everybody made fun of them. Haters got a hate and they were hating on Vermont big dude. Like hmm. everybody's like, fuck that place and all this and that. And it's like, we're just doing it. Like Massachusetts is no different. And they, I don't know if they really were or not, but I tell a bunch you, of Jersey people just pissed off. They can't go to Vermont. Well, here's the thing. The season, there was definitely less folks. I will say that. And again, this is what I observed. Who knows what people who are at ground zero every day, like if you talk to someone who actually works in the industry, they might be have a little different. But for me, it, it, less numbers, sure. But it was still out of staters everywhere. Um, in fact, I, I really don't know how less numbers it was. Some mountains were very diligent about their uh, their their daily caps. Very diligent. Killington did a remarkable job on that. Um, I went skiing there once this season. Uh, drove by a, t- a dozen times. Was at Pico at least once this season. Um, and you could see that the numbers were being kept. However, well, they had parking like, too, didn't they? Killington, like you had to reserve parking. Was it just Saturdays or was it always? Um, it depended. At the beginning, it was always. And then it went to just weekends and holidays and like busy times. And then it stopped. Um, okay. Which, you know, it, and I can't remember how long each one was, but yeah, yeah, it started with everybody. And I made my parking reservations too, which they handled very well. Like talk about the model for a mountain that ran during this and ran well. Every Like, I don't want them to give it up. Like, you know, you rolled <laughs> up, flashed your phone, you had a parking spot and it was beautiful. And, and, and you go to the machine and you, your spots, sir. And, oh, dude, it felt like such a such a hoity toity like person. Being it was Deer wonderful. Valley or something. Oh, it was great. It was great. And the day I went, I remember I had my spot and I, you know, they scanned my thing on the main access road. You know, the main access road. And I parked at Ram's Head that day and uh, I, I pulled in and I had a spot nearby. And you go up to the machine, you flash your phone at the machine, it spits out your RFID card. And then you go and the ticket checker's gone. Like the only person you have to talk to is a lifty. This person is so lonely now. It's ridiculous like the lifties are just lonely now nobody to talk to and they can't talk to us really either because of masks and things like this Mm -hmm. um it was beautiful they did a great job but you heard stories out of like mount snow you know my old home mountain worked there for many years i'm going to name drop kelly clark i don't really know her but i did meet her before anybody knew who she was all of us (laughs) did so that's my best name drop she wouldn't remember me if she tripped over me but I name dropped. Maybe um, you never know. She may I be thinking it. about you. Absolutely not. Now, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I saw pictures um, and, and and other stuff, and you hear, and there's a lot of bad press for Vail across the board this year. Uh, it, every day, you just walk. You, I, it, it was bad. It was. I was bad. sketching today. Yeah, <laughs> there. <it is>. <laughs> <laughs> but that's. <laughs> That was, dude, there was so much fail hate. There was almost nothing else to talk about. Like coronavirus, be damned. It was, yeah. in our industry anyway, it was. It's almost too easy at this point. It, it really is. It, it was bad and people, but. Record stock price, you know, like everyone's happy as a stockholder. Skiers are pissed, you know. Yeah. Vail's, Vail's happy. Dude, they shouldn't be. <laughs> but Shareholders first. Shareholders always. first. Yeah, well, that's, that's their that's fine. That's fine. And that'll work for this season. Mm-hmm. Next season, when nobody comes back, then there'll be a problem. But like out of Mount Snow, there was a picture of a line. I think Adam from over at Out of Bounds 
podcast. He he put up one when he was there, and this line was going up the hill. I've never seen that there. Oh my god, not really? once. And I don't know how long it lasted. It could have been a five minute phenomenon. What do I know? But I've never seen that there. And I was and I argued when Vale picked up Peaks Resort, the Peak Resorts. People were always like, God, now fuck Mount Snow. It's going to be a mess. It's going to be Vale, like in Colorado and all this. And I was like, dude, don't even worry about it. It's going to be fine. It's fine. The Epic Pass is not going to do it. And then I got to eat my words. Like, Holy shit. Like, even when we're supposed to be capping, you know, numbers. But we're not the, that wasn't the only place. There was a lot of rumor about Okimo doing the same thing, Stowe doing the same thing, even down in New York, Hunter doing the same thing. A lot of rumors going around. Don't know what's actually true, but that the cap was just a, you know, tell the state short, totally. And as long as the state, state doesn't come look, we're good. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, when we first went into the season, you know, we talked to, uh, to Adam White from Ski Vermont and, yep. you know, everyone would, you know, it, October, November was like, oh my God, are we going to be able to pull this season off? Everyone was really concerned. Everyone was, you know, cautiously optimistic. And, you know, the stat you kind of, you didn't refer to the stat, but you talked about how a lot of, you know, Vermont require, I mean, I think it's 80% of visitors on a normal year are out of staters this year. Those numbers, I mean, had to be slashed to some degree, but you know, these mountains too, I mean, these aren't, you know, the Vermont is socialist as it wants to be is not a socialist state. Like we're not, the whole state's not going to pay for, for the mountains to exist. Like these places have to make money to pay the people who work there to keep the lifts running, to keep the snow built. Oh yeah. It's a business straight up. And, you know, like you said, like maybe they were a little bit like, you know, like, uh, oh, yeah, I think we uh, we we met, we're supposed to have 500 lift tickets. I'm just making that number up. It's like, and, you know, you get a few more few hundred more people in there because you got to make a few extra dollars. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's a business. You got to survive. And especially in a, a funky year like, you know, 2020, 21 has been. Mm-hmm you got to cut corners. You got to find a way. But I was amazed just on a macro level, how few really bad outbreak stories you heard in general, you know, you heard Hunter mountain one, but there was a little bit of drama with that one too, with the ski patrol, perhaps being Mm -hmm. like, you know, F you to veil. We're going to just walk. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, winter park out in uh, Colorado had a, an incident too, but Mm -hmm. For the most part, I mean, it seemed like amazingly we as skiers and riders sort of put our best foots forward, you know, like, yeah. I know, you know, you probably experienced it too. Like we're, what were some of the positives that you experienced this year? You mentioned the parking actually working out pretty well. Yeah. Um, um, like what are the things that you saw up there in your well, lovely home state of Vermont? <laughs> but one of the things I noticed is the increase in some places of technology. Like I said, you get the RFID card and then they just have the gate and you just slide up there. You can reload it on, on the website. You don't have to go to a ticket window. Like these, these, these things that became necessary this year to like online sales, like contactless, everything like, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it, it, it all, it's all good for efficiency. Like it's things they should have probably, or I shouldn't say they should have, but could have. And I think will keep just to have them instead of having to do it. If that makes sense, that was a really butchered way to say that, (laughs) but these great things, these great technologies that make it easier to get on the mountain, that make it easier to navigate around the mountain logistically. Like it, it, it's a wonderful thing. Um, 
you know, but not every mountain did that. Like uh, Suicide Six, for instance, they still do wickets and folding tickets, man, old school style. Yeah. But, you know, they're not super huge. They don't need to do that. And for them, I know like a mountain like that, they they had to, they had to play by the rules, too. But, you know, the wonderful thing about them is, is it, it they were they play by those rules anyway. They don't have the big attendance so they could kind of go. Not exactly as business as usual, but I think from a standpoint from the numbers and having to work around all that stuff, they they were in a better position because they're not like Killington who gets, you know, however many thousand a day, you know, they only, you know, Suicide Six has, you know, they're two, three hundred a day and that's it. So they're able to do it. I think that worked very well for the smaller mountains. And like I said, the bigger mountains that went, you know, heavy into figuring it out. And middle of the road places like Bolton Valley. I'm sure you've been. Um, Actually, biggest- I was planning to in February. Yeah. And we yeah. talked to to Lindsay back in November. She sure. was amazing. And yeah. uh, she was saying they just got their RFIDs. I think it was last year. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, lucked out huge yeah. that they had made that investment the year before. Because yeah. now it's paying off big time. And the system works wonderfully. And, yeah. you know, even for them. And they're smaller. And I love that place. Um, even though both days I went this year, hashtag Indy Pass, I, I, I got my ass kicked and had a bad, you know, I had bad days, but not because of the mountain. The mountain was awesome. Place Didn't you almost great. like slide through a stop sign or something driving there? Dude, I almost slid through a stop <laughs> sign driving there. I thought I broke my car. I was having car trouble. I fell there a couple times, got hurt. I, I got, I got, I had a real embarrassing one where, uh, you know, my backpack got stuck. I'm like, as i'm coming to stand up i'm like oh no oh no on the left and on the left and my two choices were either break it which is what i ended up doing because i couldn't get it unstuck because i found figured it out the last minute or ride the bull wheel and kick the stop bar which i feel would be even more embarrassing um Mm. and i fell and it was a mess and i i just looked terrible i did this friggin' spread eagle duck thing down the ramp it was awful and uh I well, stand if you want up, more of that, skirexmedia.com. Absolutely. If you <laughs> want to see one of the worst return seasons ever, I didn't get any video of any of it because I knew oh. better. See, but I'll tell the stories all day long. And that was an ugly day, but the mountain is great. I loved it. I can't wait to go back. But the RFID thing worked for them and they had it solved too. They knew exactly. You come in here, you go this way, this, that, the other, done. And it looked like Everyone had it handled. Everywhere I went, it was handled. Even if it was something as small as Ski Queechee over here, not far from where I live, tiny little place. Um, and they had it handled. Like it was, it was, it seemed very, very, it seemed good. It seemed very streamlined. Everybody went, they all stepped up to the plate and did it. Um, it worked out. I think the season was good considering. You know? Yeah, it's one of those, you know, it's like they always say we, with humans, when our back is against the wall is when we tend to, you know, find our, our next level. And this yeah. is what, you know, the industry was kind of stuck with. You know, we had this hand we were dealt and, you know, how are we going to handle it? Are we just going to give up and just close down or are we going to find a way around it? And yeah, yeah just again, I've, I've, I was amazed in general, yeah. just I everywhere I've been, what they did. Yeah. Handling it. They did a great job. Great job. And one thing that I was really impressed with you know, a couple of times that I partook in it was the tailgating scene that really exploded and grew this season. I mean, everywhere I went, 
you know, I've, I, it was, it was so cool seeing people's setups. Um, I mean, I, I was lucky to go to Colorado a few weeks ago and the amount of campers you see out there, like people, I, I mean, granted, a lot of people are living in them. They're doing the van life thing, but yeah, I mean, totally. people had some sick setups. Like they'd be, you know, their first chair, they'd ski for three, four hours. Then they have their sweet tailgate set up, watching people hanging out, drinks, music. Like that to me was one of the Ooh. things that I really hope keeps going. And I know with our little East Coast ski chat, the topic was yep. brought up recently and people are like, oh, they're definitely going to put a kibosh on this because they're losing all this money for, you know, the cafeterias and the restaurants and the bars. It's like, but I mean, I was... I was really loving the the tailgate scene this year. It, you know, it's funny you bring it up, not to shamelessly plug myself again, but <laughs> tomorrow, Wednesday the 14th, the new uh, Ski Rex Media podcast episode is all about that, um, the tailgating thing. And well, this mostly, is coming up Friday, so we'll be going back go. to the future then. This will already be out. All right, on Friday, everybody, just go back. It's two days old, easy to find. I'll plug it that day, too. It's fine. Go to skirexmedia.com. You'll find it there. Com. And But it was this, this ski chat is what sparked it. I was going to talk about something completely different, but I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of interesting because I've said it all season. If there's going to be a big negative, at least on the financial side, that's going to be it. Um, you know, the lodges were for the most, not closed, but it, you had to be quick. They didn't want people in there for more than like 15, 20 minutes at a shot very limited numbers, um, pretty much bathrooms only, um, and maybe some grab and go food stuff. And I was thinking, you know, people are going to get used to, again, get used to bringing the peanut butter sandwich and the soda pop in their backpack, which is going to cost you what? Three bucks as opposed to a $15 cheeseburger. And that's just the burger. Like who's coming back inside? Nobody's coming back inside. Plus, as you said, and uh, which I noticed as well, the tailgating thing ramped up. We can't go inside. We'll do it outside. And then next year, when all this shit is gone, hopefully, you know, there won't be the social distancing. So tailgating will become what it always was. It'll be this person here, this person here, and people just walking through, you know, and just it'll be this big social event again. Who the hell's going back inside, at least for a couple seasons? I think food and beverage at Ski Mountains is done for at least two seasons because of it. But I kind of like it. Like you said, the tailgating's friggin' awesome, man. So what do you, I, yeah, I, 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 know, what uh, I think, I don't know. I could be wrong. I know some people have some pretty, pretty dope setups too, with the grills and, Wicked. you know, like people have, have really figured it out. And again, it made it, it it's, I don't know. I, I like that. I like people like the DIY setup, you know, like, I mean, I love a $30, Peak Lodge Burger Killington once in a while, you know, like once sure. a season, I treat myself. Sure. But if I can bring my own stuff, get my, I mean, shout out to Scooter for those. I mean, I didn't have one. I saw the pictures, those patty melts with the marble rye. Patty yeah. melts with marble rye. I mean, come on, man. The Peak Lodge, that'd be a $62 burger. Absolutely, it would be. Oh, we, uh, marble rye. Up- come on, man. Dude, when I met up with those guys over at Black Mountain in New Hampshire, because New Hampshire was done the day I went out there, they like said, you know what? We're done with it. If the places want to keep using masks and shit, that's fine. We're open, open the borders. Live for your diet. So I went over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went over there and, you know, coming back here, you know, I can easily quarantine for a week, two weeks, whatever. You know, I don't, I haven't been doing much. I'm here by myself. So what do I care? Um, 
we did cheesesteaks, man. And there's Tech Rob, number one hype man for for me and you, I think, too. Yeah. And he's there just chopping shit up and he's just going at it. And just so many sandwiches came out of this. The lifties got fed like and I think that's part of it, though. Like that's that's a wonderful, beautiful thing, you know, that like that's, that's kind of, that's the vibe that that's what it should be. Like, it's a social thing. It's fun. It's not 50, 60 bucks just to eat. It's, it, it could be this wonderful thing. And I think some people are right. Once it, they might say, yeah, you're not doing this in the parking lot, get the hell out, <laughs> you know, which they were doing during the COVID because they didn't want people hanging around, social distancing. In the in the at the end of the day, they didn't really want that done. But midday, they didn't care. It was everybody get the hell out at the end of the day. Um, so, but I hope it continues, man. I really do. I think yeah. that's one of the. And, and you mentioned, you know, just you know, giving people sandwiches and stuff, and <laughs> you know, part of it too is with this whole you know COVID Corona lockdowns, all this crap. One thing we've all been, a lot of us have been denied is community. And, mm -hmm. you know, I got to tell you, like having that East Coast ski chat is like it, it's like a little it's like your buddies talking about your favorite things, you know, and yeah. and like that's almost like them giving out sandwiches to lifties. It's like we're all starving, starving for this community again. Yeah. And when you can just give someone something and like have this community and like just take your mask off, eat your sandwich, like you don't have to take it off, take a bite and put it back on. Like, let's like not that I'm anti mask. I'm pro face like I'm. I'm yeah. a pro face guy. What can I say? And it's <laughs> I like, like that. you know, like just having a, a, a get together and sharing a bite of food with, with people like people are dying to get that back again. And yeah. that's what that to me has been the biggest thing missing out. Like, you know, people, some people trash at price skiing. It's kind of like, you know, gauche and it's a douchey thing. It's like, mm -hmm. dude, my, that, that one or two beers after skiing is like the, it's just like, it's like a celebration of the day. You know, yeah. it's like you, you earn it in a way. It's like, it's like such an accomplishment and it's, I survived and yeah. I had a great time and I'm, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I was my mm -hmm. best self today and yeah. let's celebrate. And, you know, to all the places that I, I do miss the most sushi, goddamn Yoshi and Killington. That <laughs> that's, that's my favorite Apre spot to go to. They have the best beer selection anywhere. They don't pay me. They're not a sponsor. But I will talk them to death because I love that place. And happy hour, you get free General So's chicken wings, which is just awesome. Beer. I That's mean, just ridiculous. It doesn't even make sense. It's just so good. You you can't even you can't beat that General So's wings. Like who can General beat that? So's. Nobody. It, it's Nobody. just it's two amazing Try, things fair. together and a beer. It's like this trifecta of perfection. You're not wrong. And there are people who talk about the opera thing as this douchey, you know, for the, the more elitist crowd. And it's like, dude, that's not, there are those, there are the elitist douchebags, you know, I shouldn't call them douchebags. I have friends on the elitist end too, but you know, but then there's like, you know, then, but then there's the, the dance club guys and those people it's like, all right, you do you. I'm cool with people like you who are just standing around drinking, talking about the day. Like I'm good yeah. with that. You know, that's where I am in my life as an older gentleman and uh, <laughs> you know, whatever. And you know, but it, it is a community thing. It's a social sport. It's a social set of sports, man. You can't, you never really go alone unless you really fight to stay alone because in old days, 
you know, pre-corona, you, you didn't really ride single unless it was like a Tuesday and there was nobody there. Yeah. Any other day you're riding with someone and you're likely talking to them about something, you know, so you don't ever really go alone. And you're right. It's a sense of community. And we didn't have that. This, the ski and snowboard community and other snow sports for that matter, too, um, just didn't have it just didn't have it and yeah. they wanted it and they're feeding for it. And that's, you know, <laughs> but, and, but they're getting it back, you know, slowly, but surely. And we're getting hopefully there and, next season. You know, the elitist thing too, it's not even just the app, right? It actually goes into skiing a lot too, which I, I always find both annoying and comical. Cause you know, you hear, if you talk about skiing, you're like, ah, <laughs> this rich asshole. It's like yep. almost, and you know, and I've kind of, I figured out an analogy to it. And it's almost like if you were talking about car racing and the mm -hmm. only thing you knew is formula one, it's like, Oh, these rich assholes riding their $2 million cars around. It's like, dude, yeah. you know, people take their cars to parking lots on the weekends and race them too, mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. And that's, that's skiing too. You know, like God rest in peace, powder magazine. They had an yeah. article a couple of years ago about West Virginia skiing. And they weren't okay. talking about snowshoe. They were talking yeah. about just these like, I don't want to, I don't use redneck in a negative way. Like those are my people. Like these yeah, are just totally. like some, some Dude. backwoods redneck folks, like getting yeah. these old ass skis, just cruising around like their properties, the areas around them. And it yeah. looked amazing. It looked yeah. so cool. But that's, that's it's what environment are you in and how are you going to maximize your time in that environment? Yeah. And granted it can evolve into a Yellowstone club, or it could be these guys hanging out in their backyards, cruising around their snowmobiles in West Virginia. Yeah. And so that's it's not beautiful. No, I'm done. I'm just go ahead. Right. It's like, that's the beautiful thing about it. Every I uh, ski Rex media is about, one of the things is, 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 is trying to push the tryhards and the haters out. Like, all right, enough of that shit, guys. Everybody does it the right way. Technique. Sure. You want to talk about my technique and not doing it the right way? Fine. I'll give you that. But if I, you know, say I just want to cruise green and blue groomers all day for the rest of my life, that's okay. If you want to be an elitist at the high end resorts in the Austrian Alps, that's okay. Or the Hermitage Club. Or the Hermitage Club. Ugh. Poor Haystack. God, I wish I could have had an $8 million to buy that and save it. Like it oh. You do anyway. have a Patreon, though, right? Uh, yeah, that in about a thousand years, I'll be able to buy the mountain. Um, me and Tech Rob, <laughs> right on. Uh, we'll chip but, in. Uh, all right, there we go. We could say 500 got, years now. Yes. We can do this. <laughs> Half a few more people. Dude, I would love it. I would love it. But, um, you know, however you do it, if you're a park rider, groomer rider, big mountain backcountry racer, doesn't matter. It's all right. Nobody's better than anybody else. Everybody, as long as you're having fun, I don't care if you're just doing it one time a year because that's all you can do because it's fucking expensive. And I know that. And you got to travel, you know. People in this New York City, you know, they have to travel. All they have now is big snow, which is actually really cool. I like that place. But, um, you know, it, everybody. You've actually been, right? I have. I went yeah, last yeah. October. It was my first time back out. Yeah. Um, very cool place. I, I'm hopefully going to get down there this summer and in the fall too. Um, it's that's pretty, my goal. They, they've done a pretty amazing job getting that thing finally up and up and working. Yeah. And I was, I was there once too in December with my, with my son. And I, uh, I was really impressed with how they just, how they're mm -hmm. doing it. You know, like yeah. it's, it's so, I, it was my second time there. Yeah. I was there opening day. 
I remember. <laughs> I've posted the picture a million times of me and Mario with Lindsey Vaughn. But yeah, Dude. it's just it was it was <laughs> it was weird that, that day because nothing was open. But yeah. now everything is start to open in that mall, mm-hmm. and it's starting to have life. And it's it's funny because my son, you know, he's three, and when we went there, he was of course pissed off because the boots were uncomfortable and you know the whole thing. Yeah. But as soon as we went out that door into the snow area. He was just like, <gasps> it was like being in the sand and like, like going to the North Pole and seeing Santa. That's how we felt. And all he wanted to do was go in the house. There's a little house at the, right before you get to the top of the lift. I guess it's where the lift operations and everything are. Is he was obsessed with the crazy. house. Just like, <laughs> he's like, kid. what's in that house? I'm like, I, I don't know what's in that house. Why would you even care? Like there's snow on both sides. <laughs> That's the important thing. You know, it's funny though, through the eyes of a child, I, I totally get it because we walked in. And, you know, even if you want to just take it for the technological marvel that it is like, and I know these places exist throughout the world. Like the United States is one of the last places to get one. Like I get it. Well, that thing was started being built in like Oh six. Yeah, and then the, oh, it, it just died on the vine in like Oh nine. It was yeah, just sitting I, there. Anytime I'd have to go pick up friends from like Newark airport or whatever <laughs> reason I had to drive past this thing, I'd see that building and I'm like, you know, that would that looks like you could ski inside it. Like, I wonder, <sighs> wonder if they would ever do that. And sure enough, it stuck out like a sore goddamn thumb too. Oh, that orange a, and red and whatever the hell hideous. awful colors they had. Yes. Like uh, rising from the swamps of Jersey. It, it really is. And it did literally, you know, <laughs> literally, literally God, I pointed, I was down there with friends pre pandemic for a, uh, I think it was the last race of the season for one of the motorcycle classes. Uh, it was over at the Meadowlands. And I think it's actually a horse track, but they were using it for motorbikes that night. Oh, nice. And, uh, professionals. And uh, I was pointing out to the kids. I was like, see that building over there, that slanted building? That shit is sat empty for I don't know how long. And I could ski it tomorrow if it were open. And sure enough, here we are a few years later. And I think it's great. People, haters trash it all the time. Me and Rob, we defend it. We're like, nah, dude, it's cool. Like, I don't understand what the hate is. You are going to see Olympic park riders in the next decade coming out Mm. of there. Because absolutely, where else are you skiing 365? You know, I mean, there's some places you can go out to Oregon. You can go to a few places. But that easily accessible, if they have the little terrain park set up there, like you're going to have some some epic skiers and boarders coming out of that area in the next decade. that place is built for training. Um, I think, um, the one in Fairfax, the one in Fairfax, Virginia, they're, they're trying to get going and they keep making every step. They're one step closer. Is that indoor or is that the plastic? That's indoor. There is a plastic place in Lynchburg. Lynchburg. Um, okay. Further south. Yeah. Right? It's called Snowflex something or other. It's near one of the universities. I guess it's part of it. And from what I heard, um, there's a bunch of snobby Catholic school kids that all right there all day or something like that. I don't know. Um, I laughed. I thought it was funny, but um, no, this place in Fairfax, they're building, I guess, on top of an old landfill. And it's going to be an indoor, you know, indoor ski hill, but it's going to have like a, an actual training center. Like that's going to be one of its main goals. So you're not wrong. Like big snow is going to be like that anyway, but this place is designed for that. And that's where the, you're right. The names are coming out of there. How many kids are walking around New York? Never been on a mountain before five years from now are going to be gold medalists. Absolutely. See kids from friggin' Secaucus, New Jersey, winning gold yeah. medals, slope side yeah. X games. It's going to be incredible. Have you it. ever seen the, um, in Oslo in Norway, they have the world's largest indoor ski arena. Indoor ski arena. No. 
you got to Google that because they actually have a, it's, it's absolutely insane. So they have a downhill, but they also have like a cross country track. You know, like some of those like really like crazy gyms have like those tracks, like above the gym or the, or the the basketball course. They have an up top cross country ski track. That's ridiculous. Dude, this place is bananas. It is super, super cool. I'll check that out. I'll go to Norway. It's, It's, Definitely worth checking out. Actually, my father-in-law lives there. He's actually close to purchasing a winter cabin near Lillehammer. That's awesome. Finally, some of my family, finally (laughs) someone doing something positive and not goddamn useless. But it's still, it's not officially signed yet. So, Hey, one step, baby steps, baby steps. I told my wife, I'm like, we're Februarying in Norway then. Oh, that's going to be beautiful. Dude, it could be epic. It could be, but you know. That could be wicked epic. That's beautiful. I went there two summers ago. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. Yeah. We went in the summer though. It looks cool. It's so cool. It was a lot of fun. Summertime when it's all sunshine. It doesn't get dark. Yeah. 11 o'clock is like like six. It's weird. That's so weird to me. It is, but it's bad in the winter. That's why they have a really high suicide rate because it just gets dark and almost everyone's an alcoholic there. Because what else are you gonna do in the winter? You cross country ski for an hour, then you friggin' drink. Uh, that's awesome. I like cross country skiing. I'm not good at it, but I haven't done my, it since I was a teenager either. But you know, my like thing it. is like when I was in Colorado with my sister a few weeks ago, we did a, a ski tour at Eldora, which was so much okay. fun. So we we got the AT gear, we did a tour, and I was like, if I had more time in the snow, that's my problem right now. I don't have nearly enough days in the snow. I want to get into snowmobiling. I want to do more touring. I would do some cross country. I just don't have the days. And I'm an asshole who lives in New Jersey, which is all, it's all, it's all coming to a head. Like everything Mm -hmm. is coming to a head now. And I'm questioning my life decisions, but I'm in in a positive way. I'm not judging myself. Um, No, no, no. But like, I loved it. Like I love everything on the snow. Absolutely everything. There's nothing driving on it. I love playing in it. I love going downhill, uphill. I don't even care. So. I will say the driving in it. I'm kind of over that. You know, I'm done with it. I've had it. I, hey man, I you can suicide say. six. I'm ready for that Bronco course. There, I'm gonna be driving. Oh, dude, it was no dirt. Whatever, dude, it was nixed. The town said no. It we're did. not having that. Oh. Yeah, I just Pussies. read it today. I just no. read it today. I guess. I guess they had some virtual town meeting, which is fine. And the people are like, no, we don't want that shit here. And it's like. Oh, come on, dude. That was going to be so much fun. But I'll go to goddamn New Hampshire then. Yeah, just tear it up over there. Well, they have like <laughs> they have it in other places. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I shan't be going to Vermont for that. Good day. Yeah. Suicide. Six. Shame. Which is sucks because I love Suicide Six. Mm. I loved it. I can't speak enough good shit. Some people would say, but it's so small and all this and that. I was like, would you have a heart? It's awesome. Like, come on, man. You don't need to be at the big places all day, every day. And if you do, that's fine. Do what you got to do. But don't knock the other ones, man. That's kind of weak. Well, this year, that was a that was a big theme for us. You know, myself and Mario and everyone we've talked to is, you know, we we. And you mentioned Indie Pass, which was yep. a huge help in that too. Is hitting up a lot of these smaller resorts that you would just yeah. usually drive right right past or would ignore. Or oh, I skied there when I was a teenager, but I go to the big fancy places now. Yeah, 
I went to so many small little resorts this year, like, and I it helped me like re fall in love with everything about skiing because you see these folks who've been working there for 30 years at the ticket window and the guy at the lift line. And like, like these are like the people who've like, who've, if you didn't have them and you didn't ski there when you were little, you wouldn't be going out West. You wouldn't be going up to Killington. You would be going to Sugarloaf, the big places. We need these resorts. And I, I really do hope, and I think they did well this year. I really hope they had a great year because I think it's again, rekindling that, love and what's important in the industry these places um i i just i i loved it i loved finding these small places again and having that indie pass you know i went to places that i never would even think to go um totally. me and and uh rich from all about that part we went to cat amount on the mm-hmm. new york massachusetts border because it was an totally. and we would never have gone there if it wasn't on the indie pass but because it was we checked it out and we had a great day skiing there Yep. It, that, the Indy Pass, I can't say enough good things about it. Um, I've never talked to Doug Fish in person like you guys have, but I have exchanged emails with him. I'm like, dude, this thing, this is ridiculous. I hope you, like, you're revitalizing. The people talk about the ski industry needs a renaissance, and I agree. It really does. And I think this is a big part of it. Like, there were places that I went that, like, Suicide Six has been there you know, longer than I have been around. And as I was coming up, growing up in Southern Vermont, working at Mount Snow, we skied Mount Snow, Killington and Haystack because we didn't have to pay for them. They were all on our pass at that time, all American skiing company. Um, but you heard of suicide six. And I was like, ah, maybe one day we'll take the ride up there. It's near Queechy Gorge. It's fine. We'll go check it out. And we just never did. It. It's not a priority because well, a, we were skiing for free anyway, but it, it, like you said, it's small. You might not go there. And now I've gone to places this year, even though I didn't ski that much, I went to places I'd never heard of, never heard of. And was like, this place is awesome. I love it. I love it. I, I think that's how I was. I yeah, that's how I, I uh, felt about magic too. I mean, I, I went there a couple of years ago for the first time, and uh, when I was do- doing that Mount Snow share house a bunch of years back, the owner was always like, you know, on a powder day, like magic is a is a great spot, and you're like, oh, let's go, and then you're like, ooh, it's a half hour drive versus me going right to the mountain, which is like. Yep. Right across the road. So of course you're always going right across the road. Um, but once I finally got over there, I was like, ah, oh, this is my spot, man. I love this place. Cause again, it's got everything I want. It's got gnarly terrain. It's got nothing fancy. It's not yeah. just, it's, it's not a scene stir place. Like it was about mm-hmm. skiing and yeah. you hit the nail on the head. It's like that, that Renaissance that you get when you, really figure out what it is that matters to you and you know what if you're uh, buying a sweatshirt to show off for your douchebag friends Vale resorts has got a whole catalog of places you can go to do that for absolutely if you just want to if you want to just ski hard stop it and get a beer afterwards like that's what a place like magic is perfect for mm-hmm. magic's actually really interesting i remember as a kid when that place was closed on and off so as an adult you it had a rough period for a while yeah it, it really did. And during that year, everybody like there was like a good seven, eight years. It felt like where it barely snowed anywhere. Like, actually, that's one of the things that put the nail in the coffin for the American skiing company, spent all that money on improvement, no snow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, magic, magic was always interesting. But like you said, you don't necessarily go there because 
Like for instance, when I lived in New Jersey, I was coming up to visit friends skiing. We started skiing Stratton more often because all our friends that worked at Mount Snow went to Stratton instead to work. And at that time, Stratton was giving each employee like five free tickets and five discounted tickets. And I knew like 15 people on that mountain. So it's like me nice. and my New Jersey friends skied for Jack, you know, like yeah. I, I always skiing's an expensive sport, but it's good to have low friends in high places. I can make it cheap. I still 100%. can not as cheap as I used to, but I can do it. <laughs> uh, but magic was always one of those things. Yeah. It's spitting distance from Stratton. You can see one from the other, yeah. but it's like, man, and, and neither of them. Are, and that's the funny thing. Stratton's not on a main road. Magic's actually on more of a main road than Stratton is, but Stratton's bigger, all the amenities, all the, the, village, the village, all the yeah, yeah like the and condos like, like, and yeah. condos oh, and some swank. My one friend, their uh, after party for their wedding was in one of the newer condos that go for like 1.1, 1.2 mil. And uh, we were in there just for the night. It's like, wow, I feel dirty rich. This is disgusting. <laughs> like, what, what am I doing in here? I got yeah. something's not right. Like, I don't belong here. <laughs> don't and it's funny because bromley doesn't have that problem that magic does because it's right on the road i tell people they're like how far off is bromley is the road like five feet it's literally on the highway oh like, off of seven right like you just uh 11 that 11 is it 11 okay yeah seven's uh the one that goes straight north towards rutland and then you go to killington oh isn't it is it what? Uh, no it's the one that is it four then the one that comes Four's. from new york where you Florida. like actually get right off the highway and like it's the bypass by Bennington and like that's where Bromley is like oh, right there. That's New York seven. That turns New York into seven. Nine. New York there seven turns into Vermont nine, and then you go from Mont- Vermont nine to Vermont seven, and then you get to Rutland, or you can go all the way up eighty seven and take four across to Rutland instead. Vermont four. No, that's U.S. four. It's funny. Like I know the roads. I could I could draw them. I just don't know the names of them. I. You know, I, uh, it's because I lived here for so long you yeah. know, and I've explored pretty much this entire state, you know, minus like I've been to Burlington, but I haven't really explored it, you know, home of Burton for those who don't know. I think everybody knows that, but yeah, man, it's magic's, a, you know, it's one of those places that will do well. It does well anyway. People love that place. Like it has such a following that you wouldn't know about. But yeah. now the indie passes there, people can find out about it, but it won't be so overwhelming because they have so many mountains. Like right at the end there, Saddleback just reopened after their five year closing. Indie Pass. Yeah. All right, cool. That was Waterville. That was super sweet. That's a sweet one. Waterville is a great score for them. Jay Peak was a huge score for them. Um, if they could toss Burke on there too, that'd be awesome. I want them to get that place in Rhode Island, Yagu Valley, so I can hit every New England state in one season and not have Dude, to pay for it. Have Have you ever looked at the stats for Yagu? I have. I have bigger hills in my backyard, <laughs> but I don't I remember, care. I think that's awesome. <laughs> I my uh, my wife went to URI. And mm-hmm. I asked her, I'm like, do you guys ever go to Yagu? She's like, mm-hmm. no. I'm like, dude, it was like two minutes from your campus. She's like, mm-hmm. there was a ski mountain by my campus. I'm like, that's yep. how, I mean, if you're, I mean, you know, the, like park is the big thing there, right? Like it's a lot, they have like this whole like video series. Like I yeah. forget if it's like ski the East or new schoolers or one of them, they have yeah. some sort of like affiliate video every year it's like the yagu somethings they have some sort of like posse that, that's, that's awesome. always like skiing down there um awesome. the numbers are are not strong but they said this year the demand you know obviously because if you're oh, living yeah. in rhode island and you're not quarantining you can't go up to vermont 
where are you going to go? Going to hit oh, up yeah. Yagu. I heard that they were having trouble turning people away. Like they just not set up for numbers like that, especially when they're not supposed to have them anyway. And yeah. it's just like all of Connecticut and all of Providence, because Rhode Island is really only Providence and like Newport and like Westerly and that's it. But they're all there and it's just, wow, just numbers. So I hope they get that one. I want to try it. I don't care if it's only like 600 feet or whatever it is. Some obnoxiously is it even that minute. It it might not even be that. It might only be like 450. I really don't remember, but uh, it's, I want to try it. But then again, that's the beauty of the Indie Pass is trying all these places. Cause I've already, I've done the big, the big resorts. I've done that. I like the smaller ones too. Like when I lived in New Jersey, I would go to the Poconos more often than not. It was just easier. And, you know, I'd be at Camelback all the time. And some people hate on that place. I like it, you know? What do I and you know what? Like I had, to, I had to bite my tongue this year. Like I had, well, I don't think biting my tongue is the right expression. I had to meet a crow because I was always, well, I do a share house at Mount Snow. Well, I do a share house at Killington. This is where I ski. Baby, 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 baby. Shut the fuck up. This year, <laughs> I went to all those places that I drove past and I had so much fun at those places. Yeah. And it made me be like, back. Uh, it's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. Right. And and even on their busy days, it's not going to be super busy. Yeah. You know, I worked it out this year. So I was skiing on weekdays only. Like I kept that up. That's been my life That's since huge. I was a teenager. That's since I was a teenager, you know, even in New Jersey, when I was working for Target down there in Brick, New Jersey. Shout out to those folks, man. I, <laughs> I was off Monday, they Tuesday. And they don't deserve a shout out. Come on. Not anymore. I don't know. <laughs> my friends who still work there, they do. Um, <laughs> But they, uh, you know, I would, I was off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, man. And that's like, that's my days because I don't want to deal with the weekend crowds. And now these indie pass type places. And, you know, it was wonderful. Not that like the big places, like I said, around here, except for those few rumors and other pictures, I think most places stayed small anyway. And then the indie places stayed wicked small. And it was really awesome because it's the same snow. It's the same snow, man. Maybe not as much of it. Maybe not as you know, you're not doing a million feet of vertical in one day, but I don't clock that anyway. I just want to go. I just want to go. And yeah, it was beautiful here for that. It was awesome. Yeah. But you know. it was good. It was a fun year. Uh, you know, again, it, it's, it's easy to say like, oh, this year sucked. And I didn't, I'm not going to ski this year because it's, you know, I can't do exactly what I want to, but you know what? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey man, that's not how life works. You gotta, you gotta bob yeah. and weave and ebb and flow, and you gotta play the hand you're dealt. And totally, you know what? I mean, granted, would I would I've liked to have a few more days for sure. But you yeah. know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't change too much about this season. You know, like no, I, uh, I, I went to some great places, met some great people, had some some epic runs, had some great fun. Um, I would have loved to get to Vermont. I'm still, it still hurts that I didn't get up there. But well, you know, <laughs> you could have. Here's the thing. I will say for as much hate as Vermont got. And again, this is my own observation. Like I, anybody else might experience something different, but there were still a lot of people coming up most notably on new year's Eve. That night I was out driving around, just driving around, whatever. Um, 
I ended up down in Chester, Vermont. Now, Chester, Vermont um, is off route, uh, off exit six, off I-91 along Route 103. Now, Route 103 in Chester splits off to two different routes. It stays 103, which heads north towards Ludlow, which is the home of Okemo, which is then spitting distance from Killington. Also, you could take Route 11. That's Magic Bromley Stratton. So that road during a normal year is busy on the weekends and holidays. So I come okay. up to where I come into town looking to make my turn. And there's just a run of cars coming through. I was like, what the fuck? Where did these people come from all of a sudden? And I'm looking to see where they came from. Every not a single one, Vermont plate, not one. So I file in behind them and I'm coming up to where 103 breaks off. I was like, I guarantee every last one of these cars is going north and every last one of them did. So they were going to one of two places. They were going to Okemo or they were going to Killington slash Pico. People were still coming up. And the funny thing is, is that a lot of people, uh, one of our uh, local media, one of the newspapers, whatever, did a story about how. Some of the people who came up here to escape it, who actually moved here. And believe me, a lot of people did. Like we were, we knew realtors who were saying there's nothing left for sale. It's all been bought. The whole state's been bought. Um, and it's very true. Like my sister and her fiance have been looking for property. If they wait more than 10 minutes, it's gone. It's gone. People are still buying stuff. So, um, but then anyway, this paper did the story that because people were saying, you know, we keep getting all this shame and this hate because our license plates are, are, are not local, but we're local now, but the DMV is closed, which is true. And I said, you're probably right. But you know, at the same time, we who have been here, a, we're all small town folks. We know who all lives here. Like that's just a thing. Number one, number two, you know, when people are string of cars are coming from interstate 91, where they're going, where they came from, what they're doing. Um, and yeah. you could say, well, maybe they're quarantined when they get here. I say, yeah, some of them were. But then I can also say that I know people in the property management business and housekeeping business who were doing weekly cleanings for people who were leaving. Quarantine for 14 days coming up every week. It was a thing. I'm not hating. I'm not shaming. You know, there weren't there was no National Guard at the uh, borders turning people away like that wasn't a thing. Um, well, that's the thing. Too, like, the they really system. didn't enforce it. Yeah, there was no I mean, they said you have to quarantine if you come, but there was no one really, you know, with like, a you know, checking your papers, checking your phone records that you yeah. were actually doing. No. It. Only it was only at whatever level, like, for instance, around Halloween, we went into New York State. Now, everything was still kind of iffy at that point, but you could come and go as long as you did the quarantine thing. Uh, we were doing the, the Halloween stuff like corn mazes and haunted houses, shit like this. So we go to Saratoga. Ski Rex Media supports gambling 100 percent. So we go to Saratoga <laughs> Casino. Um, as do the highfalutin ski bumps. So. Absolutely. Uh, I've said when Ski Rex Media Mountain Resort opens, the base lodge will just be a casino. That's all it will be. Gambling and dancing. Have you girls, been to Tromblant? No, I've never left the, the continent. Well, it's, no, it's in, in Quebec. Oh, wait. Yeah, it is in Quebec. No, I have not been there, but I've never been. I've been to Montreal. I've never been to Quebec City. Because they have I think a, it's closer to Quebec City, I believe. No, it's, it's in an hour and a half northwest of Montreal. Holy shit, man. And I'm they actually idiot. have they have a casino right in the village there. There's a special gondola that goes to the casino. Well, then I'm going to be getting my passport this summer. And there you I go. Be because it week seems week. like a perfect story or a perfect place to do a, a podcast about because it's a very bizarre, that. interesting place. Dude, I would love it. 
I would love it. I would ski and gamble and gamble. Well, when I first moved to Las Vegas, I tried to talk my friends into going to Tahoe for a weekend um, to come out from the east. I was like, dude, you know you want to come visit. Come down here. We'll we'll do all this. Then we'll drop to Tahoe. It's only nine hours from Las Vegas because they're like, how is that even possible? Like, they're not Jersey and Vermont and Rhode Island and Connecticut. Yeah, it's right. Nevada. And um, it's nine hours. It's like eight or nine hours. Someone said it's a lot less. Someone's like, it's like six hours. And I'm like, all right, I give you that because some of those (laughs) desert roads are so wide open. You're doing a hundred thousand miles an hour just to get somewhere. Like I need gas, man. (laughs) Oh, it's ridiculous. I I mean, I love the desert roads. Don't get me wrong, but if you're not doing like 90, then you're not getting anywhere. And it's, it's, it's brutal, but we were going to go do the gambling there. There was a hair. There's a Harris at the base of, uh, uh, or near the base, huh? Heavenly. Heavenly. Yes. Yeah. That's where we were going to go. And the thing that scared us off was a, it would have been one of the first ski trips we'd taken that we actually had to pay for everything, which scared oh. some people off. But then I saw what the summit elevation was and I was like, Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yeah. That was actually my, uh, my first big ski trip that mm. actually made me get me, got me back into skiing and got me to Ooh. fall in love with it was Mario his wife at the time who was my cousin she had a they had a timeshare they could use anywhere and they chose like tahoe so they had these two huge rooms and they're like anyone want to come with us and we're like my wife and i will come and we stayed out there and right it was not the fan there's a marriott right at the bottom of the heavenly gondola and then there's another gondola which has like a less fancy kind of like the Lake Tahoe in or whatever. We stayed there. So we had free hotel. All we had to do was fly out there and pay for lift tickets. And it was just like heavenly was just such a, it's such a cool mountain. I mean, the views of the lake and having that oh, sure having South like Tahoe there where you can go gambling. And we saw Liza Minnelli was on our plane, which was weird, but kind of awesome. good. You're like, it's not going down. We're not losing no. Liza. No, so. Liza's forever. <laughs> She's the Highlander. Like, she's not messing around. She's getting there. She'll have to fight Betty White, but that'll be. She's honest. sort of like you know American royalty, right? She you really know, like, is. Like she'd be yeah. like our uh, Kate Middleton, sort of, Absolutely. like an older, wigged up version of Kate Middleton, yeah. right? Which is fine. I'm. De- hey, God bless America, man. God bless America. God bless that. you, Liza. Absolutely, friggin' Tahoe. <laughs> I would love to check out Tahoe. I think I. Uh, it would be awesome. But I tell people use Las Vegas as a ski town, man. It's got skiing 45 minutes away and then it's got three hours to a ton of other awesome places. So isn't that hilarious? Like you think yeah. like 116 degrees in the summer on the strip and you're like, oh, yeah, skiing's 45 minutes from here in the winter. Yeah, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, yeah, Lee Canyon's not the biggest ski area in the world. No, it doesn't have the most vertical. It's like a thousand feet. Like that's it. it, but it's base lodge starts at like 85 and the, the top of the <laughs> one lift goes to like 95. Like it's not a lot, but it's enough. Yeah. But there's actually a Mario and I, when we first started this in 2015, we did one of our f- probably first 10 episodes. I did all this research trying to find every state that had gambling and looking for all the resorts that were near casinos. That's awesome. And did this whole, like, like, I mean, I'm sure it's changed a lot in five or six years. I'll have to find it to you and send it to you. Maybe you can take a look awesome. at it. You probably get a, get a kick out of that. Love so it. you can ski and gamble. Cause you know, having Love that, it. cause we did, uh, when we first started that Mount Snow share house, we drove from Jersey to Mohegan sun mm-hmm. way out of the way. The wicked. Went there for a night and then up to Mount snow. 
It's a good trip. So we could gamble and then go skiing. Yeah, totally. Dude, Wonderful time. I, I here's what I I would put money on this, funny enough. Um, <laughs> I've said with Big Snow's popularity, and it is popular. There will be people who say it's not popular. I'm like, did you go there? It's popular. Triple Five wants to open one if they, again, in the business papers, they say Triple Five is having trouble because of the pandemic and all of everything they put into American Dream Mall. But their next project, American Dream Miami, was going to have an indoor ski hill because they know it's going to be popular. And then Miami, yep. that'll be awesome. And then there's the one open in Fairfax, which is not theirs. I was like, I will guarantee you in five years, there'll be one of these sitting right next to the Raiders Stadium, brand new Raiders Stadium. Oh, Las in Vegas? Yeah, yeah, there'll be an indoor uh, ski hill and there'll be friggin' slots all in the and you'll be 20, 10 steps from the strip. It'll be amazing and it would make tons guaranteed. And I've said it, it's happening. You could probably like, know you could probably get to the top of the mountain in the one in Vegas that's theoretically going to be there and bet how fast you can get down. Like you could try to like beat your own time. Hell yeah, absolutely. Right? It'd be like it'd be like Kino. Absolutely. There's gonna be a board on the wall Kino. that everybody can see. I love Kino, dude. Laziest lazy man's game there is. We have that's spent- a degenerate gambler's sport dude. right there. Some of those nights in Atlantic City, we went down specifically. We got our room. We go to the Kino booth, get the cards, and they they had the the Kino thing on the t- on the TV in the room, and we'd sit there with Wawa subs just watching our Kino numbers, man. And we were in our twenties, so living your living your best self right there. Oh, it was disgusting. And whoever <laughs> lost the worst had to go down and get the next set of cards. So there you Oof. go. Nice. Love Kino. Love gambling. But I think gambling and skiing go together. It's a shame gambling's not really legal here. Every time it tries to get brought in, someone shoots it down. Just like the goddamn off-road Bronco thing. Punch yeah, up, which was goddamn Vermont. I don't even know how that went to the town. Like I thought it's like, how does the town have a say? And plus, I get that. You know, the Woodstock, uh, what is it? The Woodstock Inn and Inn? Resort or whatever it's called. Yeah, they own the mountain. That's in Woodstock. But the mountain's in Pomfret. Like, it's not in town. Like, you have to go out of town. You have to go down a two-lane road. But it's not like a main 55-mile-an-hour highway. It's like a 45-mile-an-hour highway. And it's a cool drive. But eventually, this paved road actually turns into dirt just past the mountain. Like, this mountain is not anywhere that it would matter to it's have. It's not the Hermitage Club. Yeah, it's not the her- oh, the Hermitage Club. Oh, or Hermitage Club. I can't. Oh, these assholes. I swear to God. That's, I'm not even a great businessman. Like, I'm not. But I could have done better than that. I know it. But I wouldn't have been crooked either. So, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. But, you know, indoor skiing, it's going to be a thing. Get in on that if you're an investor and you see someone opening it up. Get in on that. That's definitely a thing. We talked to... Um... Hugh, who's the guy, like the VP of uh, Big Snow, and I was yep. like, "Dude, how long is it going to be till we have like an indoor Jackson Hole?" Mm-hmm. Think about it. I mean, I just picture like post-apocalyptic there. America, where you know everything has got to be domed because you know we've there's too much carbon in the air, everything's polluted. Yeah, but you have like an mm-hmm. indoor Jackson Hole yeah. right next to the Meadowlands. Like, I mean. I- I mean, the, the technology's there in Japan. They build theirs right on the side of hills, a couple of them, I think. I think there's a couple that are just built on the side of the mountain. Like, don't even build a building. We're just going to put the building over the trees, and there you go. Make it happen. I think. 
right so i was like whatever dude like i'm there no i don't want i don't want the climate change to destroy the earth um but then (laughs) i don't want it to either but i want to be prepared if it happens i was gonna say it's always good to have a plan i I like the prepper scene i'm with it let's do it (laughs) we're ski preppers I'm ski prepper. But then again, you know that there there are those climatologists who say that movie the day after tomorrow, that shit could go down. The global warming could cause the ice age. So I really should go buy cross country and touring gear. Like is really what that says to me. Like it's I'm not, not worried about the rest. idea. Hmm? Not a horrible idea. No. Actually, it's funny Never to bring it to back around. To, to to bring it back around to the season in Vermont, man, Vermont really embraced the touring thing. Like every mountain had specific uphill routes. And I don't know if they had in prior years. I don't know. But everybody was right on top of it. If you're uphilling, you you got this and you come get the ticket or you sign in. That way, Ski Patrol doesn't leave you out on the mountain at the, at the last <laughs> sweep. You know, sign in, sign out. And again, that was part of all the brilliant efficiencies that they came up with for this. And I hope they get to keep. And, uh, you know, the uphill scene here was huge. Like everywhere I went, just all day, you're sitting on the lift, starting to feel kind of like a wuss because you see just a bunch of people just going up and it's like well i'm getting more runs than they are so whatever but there you go. <laughs> they're doing it and it you know people love it scooter he loves it he does it and he says it's great and i've it's, talked to a lot of people and said they it is it. it's it's super fun and yeah, i think this, they're saying sales were up like 40 some percent yeah, for it was ridiculous for at gear this year and you know again will it it, I mean, I don't see why it wouldn't continue. I think once no. you do it, it's one of those things that you're like, oh, this actually changes the game a bit and makes it a whole different experience, but also a lot of fun. Yeah. And you get to buy new gear. Like you buy like funkier boots, you get to oh, buy yeah. like funky new bindings. <laughs> like who doesn't love more gear? New toys. New toys. Um, it's And it's funny because some of the people around here, in fact, uh, coming out of Killington, a couple of folks were putting up their photos of going up at like 3 a.m. just to catch the sunrise and then <laughs> down the mountain at sunrise. I was like, that's friggin' brilliant. Like if we go in a group, I'll go. I'm not going out in the night nighttime by myself. Are you kidding me? There's things in the dark and I've seen them there. This is Vermont, baby. It's crazy shit out there. I, <laughs> I am afraid of the dark. That is true. But I don't know what's as actually you out should there. be. I I am like there's Bigfoots and things I'm sure I don't know they say there's one in Vermont I don't know if it's true whatever but all kidding aside yeah I I met the guy I went to school with him (laughs) all right he's just some redneck it's fine he's cool he's all right he gets high drinks beer whatever he's very hairy he is but that's you know it's 21st century if he wants to pay to have it removed I get it as I get older and more self-conscious about these things I would pay for it too but these people have been doing the sunrise runs and I like, that's kind of brilliant. I think that's awesome. And I think that'll continue to push it. Um, I just hope, you know, one of the problems, uh, not so much here in Vermont, didn't hear a lot about it, but in other places I know um, people were going without experience, without skill, without training, and they were mm-hmm. getting hurt. And that was a big thing at the beginning of the ski season or the winter the, the in the late fall is that, you know, even here, um, they were, you know, local authorities was like, listen, if this Corona thing is as bad as we think it is, then it, we're going to be dealing with that. We can't come pick you up off the side of a mountain. So please don't be stupid. And people were run out of Tuckerman's area a couple of times, I think, because of it. 
but there was also that was a like, big thing even last spring, like when everything mm. first shut down. Yep. A lot of people were still, you know, jumping out into the backcountry. Mm-hmm. A lot of them unexperienced, inexperienced, getting hurt. And like you said, that that was the big issue is they didn't know if you know what the corona was going to be like, so they didn't mm-hmm. want to take those folks away from dealing with that to go yeah, out totally. and yeah, search and rescue people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I agreed with it. I was like, better safe than sorry. You know, even I followed the travel restrictions, even though I said openly, no, they're not enforcing it, but I'm going to play it. And like I had uh, one of one of my fans, I think he might listen to you too. His name's Brian out of Berkshire East. He's like, it's on Indie Pass, dude, come down. I was like, if we got if I can make the time, I'll get down there. But I am playing it as close to the mark as I can. And he's like, are you sure? Well, he didn't really say, dude, just break it. But he, I think he was a little taken aback that I was being so, you know, on point about it. By the book, there yeah. Because yeah, there were other people who said, dude, you're really doing that? Like, what are you doing? Like, nobody's going to know. I'm like, mm. I know. <laughs> like, I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I, I put my skiing out there for the world to see. You know, I'm going to know. They're going to know. I'm trying to play it cool. It's almost like you want to be like the again. It's it's a collective. It's everybody. Yeah. You're kind of trying to do the best thing, the right thing, mm-hmm. for everyone because then everyone benefits. If you just kind of take it and are a little more selfish, then you could be ruining the season for everybody too. You know, and that's yeah. and it's so hard this day and age when everything is so self centered to actually mm. try to think about others. But it is. I mean, when you do, happens. you know, and I think on again on the whole, I think we all did a pretty good job. Did skiers and boarders keeping yeah. the season alive and functioning because we mm-hmm. you know to a degree at least did follow the rules we did um the ski and snowboard and snow sports community did very well um here in vermont specifically i don't think there was any cases co- that with with the contract contact tracing i don't think any case was traced back to any hill um even when nice. killington had that problem over with the wedding over the summer but that wasn't at killington mountain it was in killington town so it wasn't even their problem some people said that in fact i think uh i think they're um their 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 media woman there courtney there she was actually interviewed about it. i'm like why are they talking to her it happened in the town not at the mountain dude that's yeah. it's kind of messed up who are you blaming don't blame the mountains leave them alone it's fine um but yeah I, there was no much better story though if it bleeds it leads you know you want to find uh you want to cancel yeah. culture someone you know you want to call Believe someone me. out I, I detest mainstream media. I hate that people like us have to be thrown in with, I mean, I have the word in the title media, but man, some of these guys are just jerk offs. And it's just like, man, there's no reason for it. Just tell me what's going on. Yep. Please. But yep. yeah, we did find the mountains here did find it. I don't think there was a single case traced back the social distancing at the beginning. People were having trouble. I do think not the mountains, but the people visiting the mountains, people were trying. It was hard to break habit. Like when I was at suicide six for its opening day, the, you know, the line at the lift, it wasn't a big line, but it ended up getting, you know, people you're, you're used to standing on top of each other. So that was happening. Um, In particular, I stepped in to line dude says to me he's like dude you riding single and i'm like yeah but i'm gonna ride single i'm here by myself that's what we're doing and he and he was he kind of got pissy and i was like you know what you fucking just jump on the chair like because i didn't want to get in a fight i didn't and i don't mean like a fist fight like a screaming match mm-hmm. with this dude but he met up with two other dudes so he was fine and as i'm riding up the chair i'm like wait i'm not the dick here 
<laughs> this is what we're supposed to be doing is just coming yeah. alone. So later on that day, another get guy, there 15 seconds slower than he did originally. Yeah. Yeah. There was literally no reason. There was nobody there that day. Not nobody, but it wasn't a busy day. And later on that, that day, another guy, he was already in line. He called me. He's like, dude, you're riding single jump on my chair. I'm like, dude, we're not doing that. We're mm-hmm. not supposed to do that. And a ski patrol uh, member turned around. He's like, yeah, in Vermont, you ride with who you come with. And if you have, if you're by yourself, then you ride single. And then this dude kind of know it, him with the know-it-all. He's like, well, mm-hmm. other mountains. He's like, yeah, I know, Akimo and other places. And he said Akimo specifically. So there's that veil thing again. Yeah. You know, they're letting people ride their, like, six-packs, one on each end. He's mm-hmm. like, but we're not doing that here. We're smaller. Our quad's smaller. We're not doing that ride by yourself. And I was like, yeah, patrol. What, is your, what does your lift ticket say? Does it say Okimo? It's saying Okimo, motherfucker. Get in the back it's, of the line. I, I oh dude, I was uh I was so hoping. And I think <laughs> it was I think it was kind of frustrating at first because of that. Like I said, the mountains did great and they had all this stuff in place. And for the most part, they did fine. It was the people getting into the swing. Um, because even I, you know, was like walking into lines and stuff. I'm like, wait a minute, stop, think. Okay, reset. Because it is yeah. force of habit. And I get that, you know, that's what you do. If you're riding single, you see someone else in the thing, like, dude, jump on. We'll bullshit on the way up and whatever. Yeah. Force of habit. Get it. But we're not doing that. But eventually people did get into it. And I, as the season went on, and again, I didn't get out much, but I, anytime I saw it and every story I heard was pretty much again, except for that shit that went down at Mount Snow with the super long line, everybody was getting into it and really embracing it. And then, like I said, there were the uphillers. There were, you know, everybody was doing their thing and it worked out well. I think the Vermont season worked out well. And what I saw of New Hampshire worked out well. Yeah. So there you go. And, you know, a few places are still open. People can still grab some turns, but it is yeah. starting to wind down. And hopefully, you know, this this year we've, we've learned some lessons. We've found some positives and hopefully we can apply them and, and keep them going. Like the tailgating, the RFIDs, less, more touchless, you know, less mm-hmm. or speed. Yeah. Keep that going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but hopefully more days and more snow next yeah. year. That's all I we can hope, hope so. for. I'm going. I'm, I hope so. Yeah. So Tim, where can people get your info, follow you? All right. Be- so, become a Rexy. <laughs> the Rexies. That's a whole thing that might take on a whole nother life of its own. I, 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 have, I have some I have some ideas. <laughs> I don't know if cancel culture will let someone go through, but I got some ideas. Um, skirexmedia.com is a real thing. You can go there. Um, check that out. That has everything that has anything I write. I haven't been writing as much lately. People seem to like this more, the video version, the audio version than my written stuff. So it's gone from more news stories to more blog, you know, longer pieces, more thought out. Um, skirexmedia.com, skirexmedia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Ski Rex Media on Patreon. You put Ski Rex Media into Google, you will find me. You <laughs> might find the Ski Rex sale that happens at that one company out in uh, Colorado, but Ski Rex Media is me. And that's that's you. where you find me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome well, Tim, thank you so much for your time. We do no appreciate problem, it. And uh, oh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully, we'll see you at Mount Snow uh, or not Mount Snow. Jeez. Big Snow. Yeah, man. Totally. This summer. Totally. Yeah. You'll, you'll be one of the first to know. Since you're right there anyway. Absolutely. All right, right, thanks Thanks, so much for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, man.
Hope you guys enjoyed the interview. If you want more information, you go to skierxmedia.com or go to our website, skibumpodcast.com for links in the show notes. Well, that wraps up the podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We're on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, untapped at skibumpodcast. Thank you to our sponsors, Valon, V-A-L-L-O-N, dot com dot store actually and thank you so much teresia teresia.com t-e-r-r-a-c-e-a.com go there use the code teresia bum for 15 percent off thank you again so much for listening we do appreciate it and we'll talk to you guys next week stay high stay fluting see ya <clears throat>